What's going on? I'm here in Colombia. Uh, yeah, the program started. I am super excited, and I share my experiences in Colombia, or what more what I think about the country. And it's a great country. I think you should visit. And uh, yeah, just about my first day of work and stuff. So enjoy. I'm teaching English to kids who don't understand what I'm saying. Enjoy. Reluctant, vegan. Ah, oh, fuck. Alright, let's do it. Welcome back, live from not Bogota, but Mosquera, Colombia. Yeah, it's about an hour outside. It's a suburb. It's not as big a city, which I like. But I'm here. This is where I'm at now. Spent a week in Bogota since the last time that this podcast came out. Yeah. That's about it. So, what this podcast episode is going to be about? Well, you can just hear it. I came to Bogota not knowing much Spanish. So, basically, I was in New York City. And I don't know if you guys get this feeling. I know I certainly do. But I feel like I'm doing nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's part of the reason why I was able to go to Hawaii. I feel spoiled being able to talk about all this stuff. Maybe I am. It's okay. <laughs> I recognize that. Does that make it any better? I don't know. Colombia's a really poor country. At least most of it. Anywho. So, I went to Hawaii on no notice, basically because I wasn't doing anything. I had nothing holding me down in New York. Now, what constitutes as something that I would not go to Hawaii for? Maybe if I had a dream job or if I was working towards somewhere. I think that's what it is. The job I had, if my job was to make money, or the reason why I had that job was to make money, then I'm not doing anything important. There are millions of ways to make money. Now, I am privileged enough, fortunate enough to have a college degree and to see that, but the ways I, the jobs I had, you didn't need one. But there are lots of ways to make money. I guess I'm also being supported by my parents. Makes it a little easier. <laughs> I'm very honest. Someone told me I was very honest recently. Anyways, I wasn't doing anything. I worked my one-day job, which I have told you guys about. And I was in the DR. And now two days later, after the DR, I flew straight to Bogota. And I don't know any Spanish. Uh... Well, I guess no Spanish is a little bit of an understatement. I know a little bit, but it's crazy how much I didn't know. I guess, I mean, obviously, you don't know what you don't know. But my Spanish was I could talk about food, and that's it. I didn't know anything. It may be constituted I played baseball with some Dominicans, so I know some good choice curse words. I went to a Spanish restaurant. Growing up, so I know how to say pollo. And I went to the DR resorts every once in a while, which didn't help. Plus, I did some Duolingo. Duolingo, it's not... Uh, it helps a bit, I guess. I don't want to say it's the biggest fraud in language learning. I mean, it's free. But whenever I do Duolingo, I feel like I'm doing well. I know what I'm doing. I'm learning the language. And I don't know shit. <laughs> doesn't mean to not do it. It certainly can help. It just doesn't help you in any conversations. 
just very specific things. Like, I guess if I want a waiter's attention, then I can say, hey, waiter, I want the check. Check. It's that type of thing that it tells you about. It's really difficult to have conversations in other languages. I haven't really tried this hard to learn another language since I was forced to in elementary school. A lot of people in New York do learn Spanish, though, and I just didn't happen to go to any schools that did. When I was younger, I learned Chinese. I went to a bilingual Chinese-English elementary school, and that was really intense. Oh, my God. It was 8 to 3 in English and 3 to 5.30 in Chinese, and I hated that shit. It was just too long. I went there since I was four. So I was four to about ten, and then I was homeschooled for four years. Yeah, so I was homeschooled, and it was just too much for me. Being in elementary school for nine and a half hours wasn't even elementary school. It was, I guess, pre-K is considered elementary school now. And I'm going to get back to that because the job I'm working now in Colombia, I'm teaching English. It's more voluntary, but we got a competitive Colombian salary, which is absolutely ridiculous. I'll talk more about that. But it's teaching people who are about the same age as pre-K first grade. And so it's really interesting to me thinking of how much I did not like our situation. So, but I learned Chinese there, and as much as I didn't like it, I learned a lot. There's nothing like doing something for two and a half hours every day that would really help you. I mean, it's the closest to immersion you're going to get to another language in the U.S. Unless you live in a heavily Spanish-speaking place. I guess maybe Chinatown too, but even in Chinatown, there's a lot of white influences. And you have to speak the language at home to really get into it. And that's what I'm doing here, immersing myself fully. Then in high school, I went to a school that was a STEM school, and you had to already be in Spanish too to take it, or you took German, because German is supposedly the language of engineering. I don't know who came up with that one, but that's what they taught. And I remember, if you're wondering, no German, but a good amount of Chinese, so it really is. I mean, even if you're not immersed, it's the time you put into it. So... I left the Dominican Republic, came home for one day, threw all my stuff, did all my laundry, threw all my stuff back into my suitcase, and traveled to Bogota. And I stayed at a hostel when I got there. So the first thing I had to figure out was how to talk to the person picking me up, because they didn't know English. And luckily enough, I, they did have one of those signs. I was like, hi, this is me. Uh, can you understand me? I didn't say it like that exactly. I just said hi. But they didn't speak much English. So I was maybe going to try to have a conversation. It's interesting. I talk about my mindsets, and that's what I'm going to get into. But I don't know how I view myself as a person. I mean, I think of myself as fairly outgoing. But I don't necessarily need to talk to people or be with people the whole time. Not sure. But I like getting to know people. But people could like getting to know people even if they're not a very outgoing social person. So it's a lot of different things. Based on recent events, I guess I'm a very heavy extrovert. But I don't necessarily agree with that. Maybe I was talking with someone about being extroverted, introvert, introverted, extrovert. Don't really understand what that means. But 
like I liked quarantine. I like being with a few people. But I also like hearing and learning. But this also is kind of like felt like vacation. Like here I'm trying to do everything. Back in New York, I don't know, I spend a lot of more time at home, which is very difficult. And I don't see as many people or do as many things and meet as many new people. And maybe that's something I'm going to try to work into my life again. I talked last week about taking those vacation values of, you know, talking to everybody. I mean, you're not going to get drunk every day back in your home life and you have stuff to go to. But I can try to see people. I can put an effort and I can go to different groups, do different things. And really attempt to have that full life that I want to live. Really is about doing what you want. I mean, my mom, I think, I don't give her a lot of credit. When, whenever I talk to her, I'm always like, well, you're trying to be a life coach. You're trying to coach me. Which isn't true. She might just be giving me advice. And what's the difference between advice and coaching and all that stuff? It's Sometimes it seems very coachery. Coachy? Very coachy. But... I want to have experiences. I want to be with people and have experiences. If that makes me an extrovert, it makes me an extrovert. I always get a little subconscious about whether people think I'm talkative or not, too. I try to see whether... I try to leave space for other people. And like many people, I'm not very good with silence. I mean, I guess maybe I am talkative if I have a podcast by myself for 30 minutes. I can figure out things to talk about. (laughs) Or just keep going. It's interesting, too, because at this point, this podcast episode, usually I have, you know, my list and everything. This one's just purely off the top, trying to figure out what I'm going to say, because I know I want to talk about my experience in Colombia. So coming to Colombia with no Spanish is really interesting, because there's a couple things you can do. I mean, I'm applying myself to learn Spanish insanely. I bought a a book that's in Spanish, Los Juegos del Hombre. The hombre, hombre, the hombre. Uh, the Games of Hunger, otherwise known as the Hunger Games. But it's a book that I've already read and that I know kind of the story of what's going on. And so I won't be too, too lost, even if I don't understand every word. And then me being the person I am, I have still looked up every single word I don't know, which let's say a sentence has 10 words. I don't know. How long does an average sentence have? I mean, my sentences are forever because I don't know grammar. It's run-ons and whatever. But let's say 10, maybe half the words I understand, half the words I look up, and it's a lot. But I'm really trying hard to apply myself to learn Spanish. That's one of the goals. That's part of the reason why I came here is to learn another language. And I mean, I'm going to try to keep it up in New York. Go to a Spanish restaurant, maybe understand my barber. Well, when I go to my barber, I go to a Dominican barber, and I start talking Spanish with them for the first time in like this five years I've been going there, maybe longer, six years. They're going to be so surprised. It's going to be incredible. I'll be like, habla espanol. Oh, my God. Wow, my voice is so high there. <laughs> my voice is so high. Oh, my God. The voice cracks on this episode. A1. But it's going to be good. So, flew to Colombia. Everything's in Spanish, obviously, and people don't speak English, and I go, and I check in at the hostel, and the first thing that happened is she says, we're paying 25 million, 25,000 pesos per night. Colombia is 
really corrupt, really poor country, a lot of it. And inflation really ran rampant. I haven't seen it. I mean, I've seen the memes of the Zimbabwe 100 trillion bill, which is crazy. But this is my first time seeing really so many zeros on a bill. So you go to the bank and you get out and it says 50 mil. And 50 mil is 50,000, if you don't know Spanish. But $50,000 bills is what you get from the banks. And it's considered a lot of money. A lot of the street food is very cheap. I mean, you can get arepas or empanadas for 2,000 pesos. And the conversion rate is basically 4,000 pesos to one American dollar. So that's 50 cents for an empanada. And what are you finding for 50 cents anywhere in New York City? So, I mean, the end goal is to go have a remote job where you can live here, spend no money, and get paid in dollars. It would be amazing. It's not necessarily going to happen, but yeah. So I come here. This program I've talked about is through the YMCA, and they promote it as a co-leader program, being a cultural agent at schools. And the way they say is you lead activities and with kids in English. And, I mean, that's what we thought it was going to be. So we came for training, and there's about 13 of us in the program. They're looking for more people if anybody's interested in coming to Columbia uh, and having an experience. I mean, you do get paid. You get a stipend, which is livable in Colombia, which is crazy. I'm paying 450 mil pesos per month, which translates to about $110, $115. $115 for rent for one month. That's insane. And it's about maybe a fifth of my stipend. So, which when you translate back into dollars, I mean, and this is the equivalent of what teachers at the school make. They make $500 a month. It's insane. It's totally underpaid. And I think some of those pre-K teachers, oh my God. We had the first day of school today, and I'll tell a little bit about that later. But it's so cheap. I mean, even the expensive meals, or what people consider expensive, is about 30 mil pesos. And, you know, it maybe feels like a lot, especially seeing all those zeros coming up. It's $8, $8.5. It's insane. You get the portions. Oh, my God. The portions in Colombia are massive. So, unlike in Western countries, which people, which doesn't make any sense, they eat a breakfast, have a snack time, and then have a large lunch. Lunch is the main meal of the day here. And the portions for lunch are just massive. And this is $8. It's absurd. The other great thing about Colombia, I mean, there's lots of great things. The weather, instead of having a rainy season, and well, instead of having the four seasons, they have a rainy season and a dry season. And the rainy season and the dry season come about once, twice a year, I think. But in actual, you know, temperature-wise, it's between 50 and 70 every single day. I mean, I'm just going to make you guys in New York jealous. Uh, if I look at the schedule, it's 70, 50, 60, the schedule, the <laughs> forecast. 70, 50, 68, 52, 68, 52. Those are the highs and the lows. 
And then in New York, oh my God, on Saturday it's going to be 28 degrees. Friday has a 100% chance of snow. So I'm not saying I'm not glad to be out of New York. <laughs> Pretty glad to be out of New York at this time. People here have never seen snow before, that's for sure. So, it really it blows my mind. But why would they see any snow? I mean, that's why people, they're so amazed. People coming to New York, if you don't have buildings, I'm sure it's truly amazing. I'll never be able to have that experience of seeing New York for the first time. I wonder if that's one thing that I really want. It would be cool. Maybe going to Times Square and actually liking it. Seeing all the billboards instead of saying, wow, that is a lot of electricity being used right now. There are so many people there. Why would I ever want to go there? Be like, oh my God, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. When you think about it, it's probably the way it is to a lot of people. I mean, people love New York City, but then they're confused about the way of life. And I'm like, well, I'm not confused about the way of life, but what do you see in like a lot of the things in New York City? I'm like, this is just home. That's what I find interesting. I mean, it's just perspectives on the world. So the other thing about Colombians is they are the nicest people. I mean, the kids in my class are five, six years old, four, five, four, five, six years old, I think. So cute. Oh, my God. I would take pictures if I'm allowed to, but I'm not. It really sucks. Wish I could. My Tinder would go crazy. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, they would share with me. They were all really good at sharing. I mean, there was one kid that just wanted a lot of attention. And we'll get into this later in this episode about my first day at actual work. It's interesting, though. So the Colombian people are so nice. I'm trying to cook for myself. I went food shopping. My vegetables are going bad because my roommate keeps asking if I want more food. And I'm like, I need to cook for myself. My food's going to go bad. She keeps offering. I'm like, no more, no more. But people get ang more angry if you say no than if you... <laughs> it's not that they're angry. They're just confused. I really like that, though. I mean, I'm a big fan of the sharing culture. I don't understand, like, nitpicking over a lot of things. If I get you something, you're either going to get me something back or it's probably not much. It's not a big deal. I mean, you'll get me back at some point, I'm sure. And if not, then it's one thing. Who, who really cares? Can pay a couple of times. Makes me sound cheap if I can say I only pay one time. Does it? Not sure. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with giving people time, having this, having that. Like if I buy beers for and give it out, I'd rather you buy beers and just give me money. Then I have to go buy beers again. Doesn't make any sense. Just keep the cycle going. We did go out. It's a really big gay club scene in one of the district, one of the parts of the city in in Bogota. It was really cool. It's the biggest gay club in South America. There were six floors in it, uh, and each floor has a different music. Plus, they had a karaoke area. Absolutely insane. I loved it. So much fun. None of the guys hit on me surprisingly. I don't know, but me and. Uh, our friends, so I went with some friends I met from the program, and one of her them lived in Bogota already with her boyfriend, and they got a bottle of aguardiente, which is a, I don't know if it's really a traditional, it's not a handmade alcohol, 
in the same way other alcohols in Colombia are. I really want to try the handmade ones. But it's popular. It's really cheap. And it's made from star anise. So it tastes a little bit like licorice. And I thought of it as Arak Light. If you know what Arak is, I had that in Israel. I don't like Arak. It's awful. It's so bad. I don't know how people drink it. In Israel, it's considered a man's drink. In the way that if you're a man, you drink Arak, which is ridiculous. But Colombian people are so nice. Everybody says hello. Everybody holds doors. Everybody says good morning, good afternoon. These are people I don't know. These are neighbors and all that. And I mean, you kind of get some neighborly love in the U.S., but not in this way. It's really cool. And the culture is amazing. I mean, I, I want to learn how to dance. I'm going to take my friend. Uh, is going to teach me how to dance uh, salsa and merengue, which I am looking forward to. That's going to be so much fun. But yeah. In Bogota, there's also a lot of really cool graffiti art. I think I took some pictures. I'll post some of them on Instagram. Uh, check it out, at Reluctant Vegan Sun. But there's just massive murals all over the city, and it's fantastic. So that's a little bit on Colombia, and I'll find out more. It's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's, yeah, the weather's perfect. Trying to figure out a way to fit in. I'm here for five months, which... You know, to me, is a long enough time to get kind of settled. I mean, it's one semester at college, basically. And try to figure things out. But it's also, you know, you're going to leave. It's not really permanent. want to come back. want to go to South America fully. Anyways, I pulled up to the hostel where we were staying. And I have this big suitcase because I was planning to come for five months and go back. And everybody else have these small backpacks because they're thinking of traveling around. It's really interesting to see the difference. But what I want to talk about was the disconnect between the parent organization and the schools when you go through something like that. So the YMCA is uh, the parent organization. And am I allowed to talk about this? Probably. (laughs) I have no idea. I mean, I was going to talk with them about it. It's just a disconnect between what actually happens. And this is not on the YMCA. I think this happens a lot is until you get to the place where you're going, you have no idea what it's going to be like. You might have certain ideas and people will help you, but you don't know what it is. I mean, I'm teaching four and five-year-olds, and I was under the impression that I would be going to different classes, interacting with lots of kids, and teaching different activities. As it turned out, I'm with one teacher, so they decided that five, six-year-olds, I think, they said first grade and like a transitional period between kindergarten and first grade are where you can open up to learning the languages. And I think that's true in some ways. I mean, I remember a lot of Chinese. That's when I started learning. And when you're younger, your brain's more malleable. Or something. I'm not sure scientific. I don't know why I'm getting into that. But I'm pretty sure that they say that starting the language when you're really young helps a lot. And so they put us there and we have a teacher. The teachers that speak the least amount of English, they put us with in those groups. And they're all really nice, of course. But we're more assistants who are speaking English most of the time and a little bit of Spanish. But we're there to create a bilingual environment for these kids who are really young, who are open to it. And the kids are really cute. I mean, they're, they're five. <laughs> and they're really nice. The amount of kids that offered to share their lunch with me today was ridiculous. I mean, I've never had something like that before. Or the amount of breakfast that 
I'm being offered and stuff. I'm like, I want to cook. I like cooking. So it's different because I was under the impression I'd be more leading. Like, yes, the teacher would be there supporting me, but I'd be leading the activity. And now the kids came and it's the first day of school. We had a little bit of online training, but online training to me does nothing to help you prepare for an actual thing. It's really difficult. I mean, there's a lack of things, but it's also PowerPoint, 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 maybe a couple games. And there's nothing about like having a bunch of children in front of you. There's no way to simulate that. I mean, you might say that, oh, these kids are, you guys act as the class of each other. How am I supposed to act like a five-year-old? And if I was going to act like a five-year-old, how am I going to be not that annoying, but there, there are some kids that act up almost. And am I going to do that the entire time of training? doesn't really make any sense yeah there's nothing that's going to prepare you for it I mean I've been with kids in the past who haven't listened to me so I was okay today I kind of gave up at a certain point and I'm well I didn't give up but you know kids are gonna kids are gonna not listen there's no way around it I had a lot of fun though with them they're really cute really nice we played games and it was very very fun but they don't speak any English so while I am there creating a bilingual environment, I'm talking English, and I think it makes sense because, I mean, it's the same way here with Spanish. My Spanish is improving rapidly. I've been here a week, and I know a lot of things I obviously I didn't before coming here. And it's just incredible. But yeah, they just want to hear it, get used to it. Because knowing English in a country like Colombia can really help you a lot. I mean, the English teachers or the teachers that speak good English get double the salary of the other teachers. And, I mean, the pre-K teachers, oh, my God, they're wiping kids' butts. They're, you know, they're not changing diapers. They're past that point, but they're wiping kids' butts. They cry all the time. The first thing I did when I walk in today is there was this kid crying in our class, and I was like, is she here with us the whole time? And I see on her thing, it says priority, which is pre-K. I'm like, how did she get here and she's not leaving? And, you know, so I gave her attention and tried to, you know, help her. They were trying to find the place for her. And they, she just wouldn't. And the pre-K teachers have to deal with that all the time. Oh, my God. I don't know how they do it. They deserve a pay raise. It's 100% sure. The kids supposedly wander around a lot, though. <laughs> and I can't blame them. I don't like school. I mean, the school was really fun. They have lots of toys and games and projectors it's really modern they have a beautiful ca campus it's a private school not too expensive but it's a put ahead it's a fairly affordable private school i guess but in this country fairly affordable it's not very affordable but they have really nice they have a soccer field they have you know playgrounds they have really modern classes or classrooms it was really cool and that happened, and then I don't blame them wandering around. I hated sitting still when I was their age. So, I mean, that's never going to happen. But what's the line between not sitting still and being disruptive is another question. So this kid who was in my class is uh, having a really rough time. I don't know if he's on the spectrum. I th We think he may be. It's possible. But he's walking around, and he just doesn't play well. He's really smart. Like, the kid is really, really intelligent. And I want to keep saying that and keep telling him he's a good kid, even if 
he has a hard time. He just, you know, he doesn't ask for things. He just takes them from people or he like hits people and stuff like that. And just knocks over chairs. It's like he's always looking for attention. And who can blame him? He's five. But at what point is it disruptive and you have to take him out the class and take him outside? Because kids see that. I want him to be able to have friends in the class. And today was the first day and he's pushing people away. And I don't know if he's trying to or not. Maybe it was just overwhelming and everything. But the answer isn't to separate. And I don't know how to do that. And I was going through my mind all day, especially because I don't speak Spanish. And I really wanted to talk to him and see what was going on. And I felt like I could help him. But I don't know. I don't know how it's how to do that, especially in a language I don't know at all. Something I'm going to have to wrap my head around. I'm trying not to use Google Translate so much, but you can really tell the difference between what I do and what I don't. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, that's my first uh, couple of weeks in Colombia. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. I'm the Reluctant Vegan Son, son Adam. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Reluctant Vegan Son. All episodes come out Thursday. I will update my Instagram bio. Please like, share, subscribe, review the podcast. If you enjoyed it, if you didn't enjoy it, that's okay. You can review it if you want to. You can message me saying what you would like better. If you want to be on the show, I'd love to have you. Message me at ReluctantVeganSun at Instagram. And uh, have a great week.